today is a special day in that uh, it not only is Vision Day, but man, we are actually just a couple of weeks away from football season officially starting, and uh, man, school is done, or I shouldn't say done, the first week is done for most of our kids. A lot of the students probably say, man, I wish it was done, but no, they just finished their first week of school, so school's back in session, football's around the corner, the fall season is here upon us. I know it doesn't feel like it, you can just envision it in your mind, but, uh, but no, it is an exciting time. Uh, here at not just our church, but obviously this season as we're getting ready to uh, really move into a fall season of ministry and impact. And I have so much that I want to share today, so I'm going to go ahead and just jump off the cliff and dive in. Is that good with you guys? Y'all ready to get started? Because uh, I'm just excited and I do have a lot that I want to share with you today and we're going to have a, a fun time together. One of my all-time favorite quotes was from a woman who impacted the world. She was blind, she was deaf. Her name was Helen Keller. And Helen Keller once was asked the question, they said, Helen, what would be worse than being blind? And she responded with this, this answer. She said, it would be far worse to have sight, but have no vision. And when you think about it, vision is a very critical part to our lives. In fact, in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. In other words, hopes die, dreams die. We see it all the time. People whose hopes and dreams really come to an end. Why? Because for many, they've lost sight of their vision, their purpose. And I think it's so vitally important that we understand how vision can make or break our lives. Everything rises and falls in many respects on the vision that we have for our lives, not just for our personal lives, for our marriage, our family, man, our career, our finances, our health. I mean, every area of our lives is impacted by the vision of what could be and should be in our lives. I love what uh, the message paraphrase translation says and how it captures that same verse. It says, if people can't see... What God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. It's crazy. Without vision, people wander aimlessly and hopelessly throughout life, but yet with vision, here's what vision does. It does four things. It gives us passion. It gives us motivation. It gives us, it gives us a sense of, of, of purpose, and it also gives us a sense of direction. And so passion, motivation, direction, and purpose is something that we all benefit from. I believe those are the blessings when we understand God's vision for our life. And so today being vision day, I think it's important that we understand the value of vision. I'll never forget Many years ago, in fact, I've been in ministry now for 30 years. No, it don't look like it, but 30 years of ministry. I was ordained um, in the ministry in 1989, and um, I never forget. I was tra I traveled for over a decade as an itinerant uh, speaker, author, and so I traveled all over the country. And I just sensed God was doing something different in my heart. Sought uh, wisdom counsel from my pastor at the time. He encouraged Michelle and I to go to a conference, and it was at that conference that God confirmed to both Michelle and myself 
that he truly was doing something new and different in our hearts. And what he was doing was he was actually preparing us to receive a calling that God had placed in our lives to start a church. And, of course, in that moment, it was overwhelming. We didn't know when, how, where, any of those details. Long story short, get a phone call after exploring multiple cities of where we potentially would, would uh, pursue starting a church. And uh, get a phone call from a pastor friend here in Orlando. And uh, he said, hey, have you ever thought about Orlando, Florida? And uh, made multiple trips. And, and uh, once again, long story short, we just really sensed that this is the, this is the place that God was leading us and preparing us as a church. And, and, and to come and to begin um, the dream that God had placed in our hearts, in our hearts to start a church. And so um, with the help and the support of our sponsoring church, who also had at the time the desire and vision to help us to acquire land in a community called Lake Nona. As you can imagine, you know, 20 years ago, there was pretty much nothing out there in Lake Nona. But unfortunately, due to circumstances with our sponsoring church, they had to divert their time and their resources and efforts to capitalize on something that they had been praying for for many, many years. And so with that transition, they said, we will help, we will get behind and support, but it will be up to you to buy land and ultimately build the future that God is leading you to do. And I'll never forget, in those moments, you know, we're processing a lot of things, and they strongly recommended that we start in the community of Lake Nona because of what they were projecting and what they anticipated happening in terms of the new expansion of the southeast corridor uh, of the city of Orlando. But I want to share something with you before I actually do a little flashback and show you some of our early days. We actually have some video footage and some pictures. I want to share with you something that took place before we even moved to Orlando. And it was right after we decided in our hearts to come to Orlando. And I sat down one day in my study. I, we had just built a home there in Orlando and, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, before we moved to Orlando. And so that was even a big part of the thing, just, you know, letting go of something that's kind of like our dream home that we just built. And, and I'll never forget, we um, were preparing our hearts, and I just got alone one day, and I literally took a, a pen and a piece of paper, and I wrote out the vision that I clearly saw that God had placed inside of my heart. And we have a copy of it. I haven't changed it one bit. There was nothing I've done. We didn't do anything to tweak it or revise it. This is exactly the words that I put down on a piece of paper. We printed it off. And so I want to read it to you. I see a church that is driven by God's vision to be bold and innovative, innovative to do whatever it takes to reach irreligious families in Southeast Orlando for Christ. I see a church where irreligious people feel comfortable because the atmosphere is warm and friendly and the worship experience is culturally relevant and biblical and practical to everyday life. I see a church that is fun for every member of the family, a church where children want to go because they have a great time experiencing God's love in a creative environment designed just for them. I see a church that is totally committed to building strong families, a place where couples can find God's best for their marriage and parents are encouraged and equipped to raise spiritually strong kids. I see a church where teenagers find love and acceptance in a culturally relevant environment that helps them discover how much they matter to God. 
I see a church where adults and students are, are committed to small groups that regularly meet throughout Southeast Orlando for Bible study and prayer and fellowship and accountability. Groups where needs are being met and people are doing life together. I see a church where single adults can experience the unconditional love and acceptance of Christ, a place where relationships are found, identity is discovered, and purpose fulfilled. I see a church where every believer is engaged in ministry by using their spiritual gifts and abilities to strengthen the effectiveness of the local church in its effort to meet needs in our community. I see a church um, on at least 40 acres of land. Again, this was 20 years ago. 20, excuse me, 40 acres of land in a rapidly growing southeast quadrant of Orlando. It, it is beautifully landscaped with pools of water on a well-manicured campus. That literally was a picture given to me as I was flying away from Orlando back to Dallas, Deuteronomy 8, that God spoke to me with that picture. I see a church with state-of-the-art buildings that are contemporary yet efficient. They will provide optimum environments for adult worship and children and student ministries along with sports and recreational facilities. I see a church that provides a state-of-the-art bookstore and cafe for people to gain access to the best spiritual growth and family resources available. A bookstore available seven days a week in an atmosphere that fosters community among believers. I see a church that shares the gospel and offers hope and healing to marriage and family issues across America through the medium of television and internet broadcasts. I see a church that has a global outreach through missions that not only supports missionaries around the world, but provides hands-on opportunities for our church family to engage in evangelism, church planning, and relief efforts worldwide. That is the church that I still see every day in my heart nearly 20 years later. You know, when you think about vision, vision does what? It gives us passion. Vision gives us motivation. It gives us a sense of direction, and it gives us purpose. Every single day of my life, I wake up with a burning desire to see that become a reality. But it's not about me. It's about we. It's about fulfilling God's vision for your life and for mine and for his church. I believe God has a big vision for his people and for his church. Amen? And so with that said, here's what I want to do for a few moments. I want to share with you a couple of things that God has taught me through these nearly 20 years. It hasn't been 20 years. We're 18 years of age. But let me just say this. In the context of the last 20 years of what God has been doing in my life, people often say, well, well what happens? I mean, you know, you know, God gives you a vision, but sometimes it takes longer for that vision to become a reality. Well, let me just say that when we started our church, we had no idea what God ultimately would do and how that vision would take a lot of detours, a lot of twists, and a lot of turns. As a matter of fact, let me just give you a couple of pictures of how we began in the early days and uh, our very first uh, service we actually have. There we are right there. A dude playing the bass guitar. He was the, the guy on the ABC making the band uh, host. He was, dude was unbelievable. And, and, then, and then we went from there. You know, there's Michelle, my wife. I mean, she's done it all. I mean, she's taught kids. She's led worship. She's, she's been an usher. She's done everything. 
Um, it, we went, you know, went from Lake Nona to the YMCA uh, there. We were there for nine months. Then we went to the movie theater all the way across town at Festival Bay, there I drive. We were there for nine months. Check out the dude with the Garth Brooks microphone. And, um, and then we went from there across I-4 to Dr. Phillips High School. We were there for three and a half years. And, and then we just knew that ultimately we wanted to get back into the southeast quadrant of our city. And God opened the door for us to come here to the Belle Isle Conway community. And there were some of our very first services in this um, facility as we know it here in the Belle Isle Common Shopping Center. And, you know, through all of those experiences, those twists and those turns, you know, sometimes it can challenge your vision. Sometimes the enemy wants to come along and wants to defeat you and discourage you. And, you know, you'll always have, you know, the vision vandals that will come and say, well, that's not going to work and that'll never happen. And, but let me tell you something. When God gave Abraham a vision, keep in mind, he was 80 years old when God spoke to his heart, put a vision in his heart. But it took him a hundred years to see that vision become a reality. When God said, hey, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And he was saying, God, you may not know this, but just to remind you, I don't even have a son. So he had to wait a hundred years before God birthed that dream and gave him a son named Isaac. And then, of course, we know the story of Joseph. You know, Joseph was sold by his brothers to a group of these Egyptian traders. He was thrown into a pit, and then after they sold him off to, some, to become a slave, he moved to Egypt, and, and we know the story. Some 13 years living in Egypt, much of that was in prison, and yet God eventually elevated him to, to fulfill the vision that God had for his life to see him leverage that palace influence that he had to help save his people. You see, I just have learned that sometimes... God's timetable may be different than ours. And one of the things that I've learned is this, is that what God initiates, he also orchestrates. And sometimes it's through the twists, it's through the turns, it's through the delays, that sometimes God is trying to remind you that he's more interested in building your character than he is your comfort. Because I'm over here thinking, God, would you just hurry up the process? <laughs> but God is saying, you're not ready yet. There's still a few things I need to chip off. There's still a few things I need to polish. There's still a few things that I need to prepare and get ready before I'm going to fulfill the vision that he has for his church. And so one of the things that we've been committed to for all of these years is we've com been committed to this dream. And I still believe to this day, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, where Paul the apostle once again he reinforced the prophecy that said these words, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared to those who love him. Amen? And that same, listen, that same vision is true of your life and your marriage and your family and your future. And so you got to understand, God has a plan and he has a purpose and he has a vision for all of us. And one of the things that we see all throughout Scripture, from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, it's reinforced over and over. There are four specific things that God desires to see happen in and through His church. In other words, there are four purposes for His church. And so one of the things we have to understand is the vision that God has given me, has given us. One of the things that God has done, He's also given us a plan. He's given us a 
if you will, a strategy to follow in how we actually execute that and see that vision become a reality. And today I want to share with you what that vision and what that plan actually is. In fact, Paul the Apostle reinforced this in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, looking at verses 17 and 18. And I'm actually going to read this verse twice in two different translations. And I want to unpack this because this is God's plan. This is God's purpose. And this was Paul, Paul the Apostle's prayer for the people there in the church at Ephesus. And he said, I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Purpose number one. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Purpose number two. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Purpose number three. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Purpose number four. The message paraphrase translation says it this way. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. Four things that God says that he desires to see happen. Four things that Paul was saying, this is my prayer for you. And the first is to know God. That's it. He wants us to know God. Listen, Paul said, ask God for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because at the end of the day, he wants, listen, us to know him. God wants a relationship with us. Do you understand that God made you so he could love you and have a relationship with you? So we have to understand that, listen, the greatest heart and desire of God is for you and me to have a relationship with him. And we can have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And we can know him personally and intimately in a very real way. It happened to me when I was 18 years old. April 22nd, 1984, I'll never forget, that was the night that I entered into a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and He changed my life. You know, we have a simple mission here at Rethink Life, and it simply goes like this, to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's it. That's just how we roll. And one of the things we're passionate about and have always been passionate about and we will always be passionate about is reaching people who matter to God. And because they matter to God, they ought to matter to us. And as long as heaven and hell are real, which they are, we will do whatever it takes. We will even leave the 99, as Luke 15 talks about, and go after the one lost sheep. Why? Because Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. There are over 60,000 people annually that move to Orlando. Man, what an opportunity. What an incredible mission field. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans 10, verses 14 and 15, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? 
That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So turn to your neighbor and say, you need to get some prettier feet. Because we need beautiful feet that are busy going out and telling people who need to hear. Because how will they know unless somebody goes and tells them about the hope that's found in Jesus Christ? And so one of the things that we are very, very passionate about is helping people know God. And guess, listen, listen, your, listen, your coworkers. Your family members, the people that you know in your sphere of influence, your classmates, listen, your neighbors, they're all in one invitation away from perhaps their eternity being changed forever. I met a couple last week. I was so blessed, um, in some ways somewhat embarrassed because I, I didn't know who they were. I'd never met them. And um, in the course of our conversation, they shared with me they've been coming to our church for, for um, quite some time. And, and it was a young couple, and the lady, was, she just had tears flowing down her face. And she just briefly shared a little bit about their story. And she said, yes, she said, a very dear friend of mine uh, that I work with, she said, she invited me. She, she said, my friend goes to your church. And she invited me and my husband to come to a marriage event that your church had. And she said, we were separated and on the verge of divorce. And she said, we, we went. It's kind of like a, a, a desperation. And she said, we tried everything, but we went that night. And we didn't know anybody. She said, my friend invited us, and we went. And she said, that was a turning point in our life. She said, we've been coming to your church ever since. She said, since then, she said, we've given our life to Jesus Christ. And she said, now God has done an amazing work. He's brought healing to our lives and to our marriage, and, and God has restored us. I had no idea any of that had happened. And I said, I don't, I said, I don't know who your friend is, but she's an amazing person. Because that friend, just a simple invitation, is what changed those people's destiny. And that's what it's all about. And so when you think about God's purpose and plan for your life and mine, he wants us to know him. But number two, listen, he wants us to find freedom. And that's what Paul said. He said, my prayer for you is that you not only know God personally and intimately, but that the eyes of your heart be enlightened, focused, and clear. What does that mean, enlightened? That simply means that there's no darkness left in our hearts. And the greatest burden and concern that I have as a pastor and as your pastor, listen to me, that, that's so critically important. Listen, I believe this is true of church, the big C church around the world, but so many people enter into a relationship with God, but that's where it stops. And a lot of them never continue to grow. Not, none of them at times will go to the next step in their spiritual journey to grow and to develop and to mature. And the reason why they don't is because they've never gotten past their past. They're still enslaved to their hurts and their habits and their hang-ups and they're living in bondage rather than embracing the new identity they have in Christ. They've never understood that. Their identity, as far as they're concerned, is still tied to the past. And so as a result, their past has sabotaged their present and their future. And they've never learned how to apply the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in their lives to free them up from the junk of their past so they can embrace the goodness and the future that God has for them. 
So we have people in our churches all the time that are beaten and battered and broken and bruised, and they don't know what to do. Why? Because they're still living in bondage. Well, you can know the truth, and I promise you the truth can set and liberate you and make you free. And that can only happen, listen, when we understand not just who God is, but understand who we are in Christ. And this is so important. James 5.16 says it this way. Therefore confess your sins to one another. Notice, to one another. Your false steps, your offenses. And pray for one another that you may, I love this, be healed and restored. You see, we receive forgiveness from God because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. But we receive healing and restoration from one another. And that can happen best in the context of Christ-centered, life-giving relationships. And that happens best in the context of small groups. We call them life groups. And so the best place to help people know God is by inviting them to come to a weekend worship experience. The best place to help people get freed up from their past, to get past their past, is to get them in a group so that we can find a group of people to do life with that are praying for us, encouraging us, walking through the difficulties of life, growing together, because that's what a life group is all about. Our vision for life groups is so that people can connect, so that people can be protected, and so that people can grow. And that's modeled all throughout the New Testament. In the book of Acts, especially, especially in Acts 2, you see a beautiful picture of where they went from the temple and corporate worship to house to house, doing life together. And that's why on September the 8th, we're going to be launching new groups for this fall. And we're doing some things a little different. In other words, we're kind of pulling back on some of our groups. And what we're doing is we're realigning our groups so that we may offer fewer groups, but the groups that we're offering is very intentional and purposeful because we want to offer multiple freedom groups. There are some groups, listen, that need to go through a freedom curriculum that we have put together. And then there's a, another group that we're going to be launching that we're excited about just simply called Fresh Start. That simply means you may be a follower of Jesus Christ. In other words, you've come into a relationship with him, but you've never had anybody walk you through foundationally on how to build your life spiritually on a solid biblical foundation and learn how to apply things into your everyday life. We're calling it Fresh Start. It's an amazing, life-changing curriculum that's going to allow people to learn how to begin building deeper roots in their life spiritually. And we have a lot of other groups, but those two resonate in my heart because I see a tremendous need for so many people to experience those. Why? Because people need freedom. And they need to experience freedom in their lives. The third purpose that we understand from Scripture is this. Not only does God want us to know Him and to discover and to, and to ultimately find freedom in our lives, but to discover purpose. And that's what Paul prayed for. He said, my prayer is that you know Him, that your hearts will be enlightened. In other words, you'll close the door to your yesterday once and for all, and through that process, you will discover purpose, that you will know the hope to which He has called you. It's interesting that our hope is tied, attached to our calling. So when God made you, he had a plan and a purpose for your life. He has already called us. 
And what we got to understand that that calling is attached to the hope that we have not just in Christ, but the hope that we have even in our eternal calling as believers in Christ. Two most important days of your life. Number one was the day you're born. Number two is the day you discover the why. So important. I meet people, I've known people, I've been around people for many, many years who have had all kinds of success by the world standard. And yet they're still unfulfilled. You know why? They may have success, but what's missing is significance. There's still something in their heart that they know is missing. And I see people like that all the time in our church. And you need to understand that we are about not seeing seats filled, but seeing people fulfilled in their life. And the only way that people can really live a life that is fulfilled is by knowing God, embracing the new identity that they have in Christ and being freed up from their past to embrace the future. That's the restoration. God has for our lives so that we can fulfill the original purpose and plan that God has for each of us. You know, I love what the scripture says in Romans 12, verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different kinds of gifts for doing certain things well. Isn't that awesome to know that God has equipped you and wired you? He has gifted you to do things well that's unique to you. God wants you to use them to make a difference for him. I like to say it this way. Your career is what you get paid for, but your calling is what you were made for. And your purpose is what guides you throughout your life, but your passion is what drives you throughout your life. So we want to help you discover your purpose. We want to help you find your passion. You can do that by coming to Growth Track. That's how we help people discover their why. And then lastly, is making a difference. You know, at Rethink Life, one of the things that kind of causes my hairs on my arm kind of curl up a little bit is when I hear somebody say, yeah, I'm volunteering or I'm, I'm working at the church. I'm like, what? You're not working at the church. You're serving God. And number two, if you want to volunteer, you can volunteer down at the March of Dimes. But we are serving God on his team. We don't call them volunteers. We refer to him, we refer to them as the dream team. <laughs> Listen, this is God's dream for us, and it takes teamwork to make the dream work. Our church is not built on the talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many people who give of their time, who give of their talents, who give of their treasures. You know why? Because they understand their purpose, and they understand that God has placed a gifting and a passion inside of them, and there are certain things that they do well to help advance God's church and to help fulfill His purposes and to help make God's dream for our lives become a reality. And listen, the pace 
of this dream, the pace of this becoming a reality, is also dependent upon the pace of our generosity. So it all comes together when it comes to understanding that God has a plan, He has a purpose, there's a strategy, there's a vision, there's a dream that He wants to see fulfilled for one reason. And that is so that more and more people who are lost that are found. And when lost people are saved and saved people are, listen, are pastored and then pastor people are trained and equipped. Now they can go out and they can actually go make a difference for the glory of God. So that's God's desire. That's his plan. That's his purpose. That's his will. That's his dream. And that's my dream is to fulfill his dream. And together, collectively, as God's people, his church. That's what he, he talks about. He, he talks about being a part of a family, a spiritual body, a dream team of people who have the opportunity to impact here, but will reap the rewards forever there in all eternity. And so today, I want to invite you to join God's team. Put on the jersey. Get out of the grandstand. Quit being a spectator. Put down the cotton candy, the popcorn. Let's get in the game, amen? I mean, put that chin strap on, put that mouthpiece on. Let's, let's go out and let's advance God's purposes to reach more and more people for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Today, when you came in inside uh, your worship guide, there was a little card that looks just like this. It's actually uh, here at the top. It says, uh, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. And uh, I just want to challenge those of you who don't currently serve or not actively serving anywhere. I want to encourage you to put that information down. Put a check mark. You, you may have several areas of interest you have. That's okay. Put multiple check marks. Our job is to respond to you and call you back and follow up with you this week. And what we're going to do is we're going to uh, explore that with you. We really want you to come to our next growth track. But at the end of the day, we'll walk you through on how you can find your fit and begin making a difference the glory of God. Let's bow our heads together in prayer.